and... This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. The Beechers collapsed in a Hasidic synagogue there in Israel Sunday afternoon, killing two and injuring at least 213 people. They were involved in Shavuot prayers that had been taking place in the new study hall being built for the city's Stoliner Hasidim. A 12-year-old boy was one of the two who succumbed to their wounds after the event, the other being a 40-year-old man. On Monday morning, it was reported that family members and volunteers had been searching for a 17-year-old teenager who had not been seen since the disaster, but they have located the individual. Another disaster in Israel. Bleachers collapsing. As I looked at this story, as I considered this particular story, I thought, you know, this is a good illustration of something far bigger, something more serious that infects us all. And that is the matter of trust. You see, when these bleachers were constructed, they were constructed for a particular purpose, They were constructed for this synagogue that's in the process of being constructed, and they were constructed to handle a lot of people, hundreds of people. I looked at the bleachers. I looked at the hundreds of people that were in those bleachers, and I watched as they collapsed. Right there on video, I watched as they collapsed. What were the people to do? The people had put their total trust and confidence in the security of those bleachers, that they had been constructed honestly and with integrity, and that they were worthy to put their trust and their weight on. But what if they were not worthy? What if, for instance, the new math had been used, the the new equity math, that says it doesn't matter whether you get the right solution. It's just a matter that you tried and you did your best. That's the latest coming from California, the new equity math designed supposedly to encourage and help black young children. Equity math. But is it equity if you are an engineer and you have been trained with equity math And the people put their trust in your engineering capabilities and in all of your figures to build a bleacher. And then it collapses. What good is equity math then? And the reality is then that the educational system has collapsed. The educational system is in the process of collapsing, and we can watch it collapse right before our eyes. In fact, we've been watching it collapse. I used to be a school teacher in California before I practiced law for seven, excuse me, for nine years during the most difficult years of transition for American education from 1967 to 1975. The aftermath of the sexual revolution, the the massive rebellion across America and the radical changes in American education. I've been there. 
I've watched it happen. I've watched the trajectory as the bleachers of American education have gradually collapsed. And the American people that put their trust and their confidence are being affected big time. We're going to take a look today at a whole slew of different areas in which our trust is being betrayed. The confidence that we have put or are putting in certain areas of our life are actually not dependable. That trust is being betrayed. And the consequences can be deadly. As it was for these two there at a Hasidim church, Hasidic uh, synagogue, <clears throat> two killed, 213 injured, and the trust has been destroyed. You see, it takes a long time to build trust, but it only takes a few seconds or minutes to destroy it. Have you noticed that? So today we want to talk about this word trust. This is very big. It's very big to God. Because he says, I want you to trust me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And then he'll bring it to pass. The problem is that we don't want to put our trust in God. Not that much. We want to trust the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, the government, the educational system, the courthouse, uh, the economic system. We want to trust the various theories that pastors and parachurch leaders put on certain passages of Scripture. And we hang our very lives on those things. But what happens when it collapses? I hope you'll stay tuned today because this is not intended to be a negative discussion. It starts out with a negative experience. But the purpose is to strengthen us, to direct every single one of us so that we do not get caught in a situation where our trust is betrayed and that which we depended upon collapses right before our eyes and we are left shall we say, holding the bag, we're left in devastation, we're left in chaos, we're left with betrayed trust, and now what do we do? Now what do we do? Now where do we go? You're listening to Viewpoint. Viewpoint determines destiny, and today we're going to discover, again, that our viewpoints really do determine destiny. And uh, it's so good to have you aboard. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation as always with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. There are numerous new people that are listening to this program, either live or downloading it in various podcast uh, formats across the country and around the world. We want to welcome all of you, new listeners to the program. And I want to urge you to continue on and to listen daily for a period of time, so that you will begin to understand where we're coming from. You see, many people say, I've never heard it this way. This is new. This is, this is, some people will say, this is refreshing truth. Nobody's beating around the bush. We're just saying it like it is. 
But it's a little bit hard at first to be able to assimilate because we're not used to that in today's culture where everything is camouflaged, everything is, is uh, uh, shall we say, shrouded in hyper-feelings. Everybody is sensitive. Everybody is afraid of stepping on somebody's toes. On this program, we're not afraid of stepping on people's toes because we're not here to step on people's toes. We're here to share the truth, to apply God's truth in a way that we can understand with simplicity, and then we trust Him to work it into the lives of the people. So you should not be offended by anything that's said here because I don't know you. But God does. You say, God knows my heart. Well, yes, indeed, He does, and that's exactly the problem. He does know your heart, and He knows mine. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. We open the program today introducing the event, the, the, the terrifying event that took place in Israel over the weekend where a set of bleachers holding hundreds and hundreds of people at an Hasidic congregation uh, celebrating Shavuot, that is Pentecost, the outpouring of the Spirit from the Jewish point of view, the present presentation of the Torah. And uh, so here they were, putting their full trust and confidence on these bleachers, nary a a worry in the world, and then all of a sudden they collapsed. Two people dead, at least 213 injured. But let's compare that with this. The headline, pretty awful. A healthy 17-year-old boy gets blood clots in the brain after COVID vaccine. A mother in Utah is warning parents about the possible dangers of COVID-19 vaccines after her 17-year-old basketball-playing son got a shot and developed three blood clots in and near his brain. The hardest thing was I let him get that shot, she said, and he was healthy and well before it. But you question it, you can't help but question it when it all goes wrong. In other words, her bleachers collapsed. The 17-year-old boy felt his neck swell the day after the COVID-19 Pfizer vaccine shot. Then he experienced severe headaches. Are any of the COVID vaccines safe? A doctor dismissed the symptoms as a pulled muscle. But Cherie Romney was convinced there was something more. He couldn't move his neck without the assistance of his hands, she said. So she eventually took her son, uh, a basketball player in the high school, for tests. Doctors discovered two blood clots inside his brain and one on the outside. He was treated for a time in intensive care and remains hospitalized, perfectly healthy, and then his bleachers collapsed with a COVID shot. 
How many other people are having their bleachers collapsed by COVID shots? Oh, you just would not believe it. It is multiplying. It's unbelievable. It's everywhere. And so people putting their confidence and their trust in something that wasn't fully trustworthy, in fact, was just in an experimental stage by the admission of those who have created it, causing Dr. Michael Yeadon, Pfizer's former vice president and chief scientist for allergy and respiratory, who spent 32 years in the industry leading new medicines research and retired from the pharmaceutical giant with the most senior research position, has come out and declared, are you listening, your government is lying to you in a way that could lead to your death. And what is he talking about? He's talking about the virus. And he's talking, more particularly, about the shots. Not the vaccine, because they're not vaccines. If you want to know what we're talking about there, go back to our program last week, I think it was on Friday, called The Vaccine Wars. You really ought to listen to it, where we're discussing with five doctors there. Uh, it has caught the attention of people all over the country. Here is a doctor, Pfizer's former vice president and chief scientist for allergy and respiratory, spent 32 years in the industry, retired, and he has gone public saying, your government is lying to you in a way that could lead to your death regarding the matter of these shots. Somebody's going to have their bleachers collapse. This is the reason, friends, why the government actually gave special dispensation to all of these companies that they would not have to incur any repercussions financially, lawsuits, anything. Because, quite frankly, the government knew that these were dangerous and that it was untested. And they are still untested to this very day, not approved by the FDA, because they're part of what was called an emergency effort. What was left out of the emergency effort, by the way, we're just speaking here for a few minutes regarding the vaccine, regarding the virus, and so on. The rest of the program is not dealing with that at all. So don't get upset to think that we're just talking about that. No, we're not just talking about that. Researchers announced ivermectin should be used globally as both a therapy and preventative for COVID. They just have published in the American Journal of Therapeutics, ivermectin should be globally and systematically deployed in the prevention and treatment of COVID-19. Effective for every possible application against the disease, increasing survival rate, shortening times to recovery, recover, uh, taken as a preventative beforehand, it reduces the likelihood of contracting the virus and has a long-standing safety record, low cost, and wide availability. So why is it that your government 
Why is it that Dr. Tony Fauci, why is it that your governors and your mayors, why is it that your pastors have not recommended this? It's all about money, friends. Again, when you find this out, your bleachers start to collapse. Your trust has been invaded and destroyed because this was the most effective thing. And this is what Donald Trump tried to tell you. He took the cloxochloroquine. He recommended the ivermectin. And he was scorned out of existence. And you very well may have helped scorn him out of existence. This is not about Donald Trump, though. He was willing to tell you the truth against every odd and the forces of uh, politics, the forces of uh, economics. Everything was laid against him. But he still told you the truth and was mocked for it and continues to be mocked for it to this day. So he said, okay, well, if we're going to be mocked for that, then we better get about and, and try to create some sort of a vaccine. And he did. But it's still not proven. And people's trust is being betrayed every single day because of the dramatic effects, negative effects that it's causing these so-called vaccines, which are just shots, and then the United States military under Biden wants to mandate that every American serviceman get one of these shots? Why? It's a fault trust, friends. This is what we've been trying to say for weeks now on this program. We've got about a program a week dealing with this issue. And people, they're just so confused. They want to trust that which is untrustworthy. And that brings up the question of why. Why are we easily deceived? Why do we allow ourselves to commit in situations where our trust is betrayed? And now today, the CDC has come out and admitted that more than 220 people have died with COVID-19 after getting fully vaccinated. More than 1,100 people have been hospitalized with COVID-19 after after getting fully vaccinated against the coronavirus, and more than 220 have died. And that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. We may have to do another program within a week or so to show you the rest of the story, but we're not going to spend all our time dealing with the COVID issue and these uh, shots, also known as vaccines, which they are not.
a black mom with a biracial family torpedoed critical race theory at a school board meeting in Loudoun County, Virginia. It's the richest county in the country, Northern Virginia, saying that hateful left-wing propaganda is similar to the racist brainwashing employed by the Ku Klux Klan and Nazi doctor, a dictator, Adolf Hitler. She said CRT, that's critical race theory, is not an honest dialogue. It's a tactic used to perpetrate slavery, to dumb down black people so we can't think for ourselves, she said. So the reality is, here is black America, many within black America are trusting, putting their trust and their confidence in educators, in psychologists, and even pastors and so on, who are promoting this critical race theory as if somehow it's going to provide them with a firm foundation and something that's going to make their lives better. When in reality, it is profoundly destructive. It discriminates against one's color. She said, let me educate you. CRT is racist. racist. It's abusive. An honest dialogue does not oppress people. An honest dialogue does not implement hatred or injustice, which is exactly what CRT does. It forces black people to hate white people, and it compels white people to hate themselves. Now, what? how is that going to build a nation of trust and confidence and joy and mutuality, and love. It's not. We're being betrayed. The bleachers of education and the culture are collapsing. They're just collapsing. Then... Major church looks to kill saying husband and wife at weddings. Think about this. The General Assembly of the Church of Scotland soon will be reviewing a plan to drop the terms husband and wife from its marriage ceremonies. They say, well, sometimes these days there's no husband or wife because the church is planning to dive headlong into affirming same-sex duos. So in other words, the people of Scotland are being betrayed. They're being betrayed by their churches. In fact, the Church of Scotland. They're being betrayed by their pastors. The culture, the Christian culture of Scotland is collapsing. It's the bleachers that are collapsing. And the whole country, therefore, is in moral collapse. And it's being led now by the pastors and parachurch leaders and the bishops and priests and so on. It's collapsing. So the new proposal would make it the party's covenant together 
to make each other to take each other in marriage as long as they both shall live, and the minister or deacon declares the parties to be married. No way you can kiss the bride because there is no bride. The bride can't kiss the husband because there is no husband, because they're not using the term husband and wife. The entire culture is being intentionally collapsed. Oh, and we've just started. We just started. Maybe we should go back to the teachers and find out what's really happening behind the scenes there. English teachers, nonetheless, in Missouri. Stay tuned, friends. This is Viewpoint. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Is our infrastructure in a continual state of potential collapse? Right now, across our country, it's been made a political football whether or not we should expend funds through taxes to improve our infrastructure. But then the question comes, well, what is infrastructure? So Joe Biden and his team have decided that infrastructure is almost everything other than what you and I would consider to be infrastructure. We would consider bridges and streets and uh, those kinds of things that we depend on for the functioning of our country and, and state and so on and our safety. No, that's not what they have in mind. They have in mind cell phones and uh, uh broadband and increasing all other kinds of things other than the things that are most essential. In the meantime, in the meantime, buying into math equity. Now, as we said earlier in the program, if math equity truly takes hold in California and then across the country, the concept that one plus one equals two always and that 5 plus 5 equals 10 always is dismissed. The new education will be, it doesn't matter whether you get the right result, just that you tried. Now, this is supposed to bring equity to minority communities, particularly the black community. 
because as my wife's elementary school teacher once told her, actually it was a junior high school teacher in Pasadena, California, my wife asked the teacher, why aren't we learning these things that my friends are learning in these schools? And the teacher's response was this. She was a black teacher. She says, because my people can't learn those things. Really? Isn't that a racist comment? My people can't learn those things? But apparently that's the thinking with so-called equity math. Now, where does that lead? It leads to bleachers collapsing because they're not properly constructed. Uh, phys- the, the physics of it and the mechanics of it are not properly constructed because the proper stre- stresses and so on have not been uh, adequately measured mathematically. But even more than that, our bridges. Did you know that there is a bridge? I believe it's in Washington. I saw the picture of it. It's about unbelievable swaying in the wind because it was not properly engineered. Other bridges are collapsing because they were not properly engineered. So we're actually betraying the people's trust by not properly engineering things because we have other ulterior motives in not properly training those who are supposedly being trusted to create the bridges and our structures, our infrastructure. Now, let's take that and apply it to this. Here's the report. Teachers told to give fake curriculum to parents who complain of indoctrination. Amid complaints from parents that their children are being indoctrinated, a Missouri school district official is advising English teachers to create a fake curriculum and keep the real one hidden from the parents. The real one is focused on anti-racist activism like CRT, critical race theory, and issues of white privilege. But complaints have come in that we're pushing an agenda. We're pushing critical race theory. We're making white kids feel bad about their privilege. We're stereotyping. We're teaching kids to be social activists. And we're teaching kids to be democratic thinkers and activists. So hide what you're doing. Create a false curriculum that you will present to the to the parents when they inquire. But then continue on teaching the destructive one that's causing the culture to collapse. Does this not seem to betray the trust that parents would put in their school teachers and school districts? But this is happening all over the country. And not just at the lower high school and junior high level. Here's another one. 
college professors caught on a hot mic gloating about teaching Marxism and social justice to students. Two professors at Roosevelt University in Illinois, who also serve on the school board for a local high school, were caught on a hot mic gloating about how they promote Marxist ideology to their college students. Unbelievable. They say, I get to talk about the things I love all the time. Social justice. So they're indoctrinating students and you're paying the bill for them to do the opposite of what you thought they were going to get in college. The culture is collapsing. The, and it's being collapsed intentionally. So what does that do for your trust? You see, the real focus here is not on these individual incidents. It's on the bigger issue of trust. That's why we're doing this program today. Because when that bleacher collapsed this weekend in Israel, killing two people and 213 injured, it fractured the trust of those people. They will never again be able to have full confidence and trust in a bleacher or in any other set of stairs. They will always wonder, can this be trusted? You see, that's the problem with trust. Trust is a very delicate thing, isn't it? Trust in our marriages is a very delicate thing. If you once engage in infidelity, trust has been fractured terribly. If you engage in pornography, you are threatening the collapse of your marriage. Ladies, if you're engaging in the pursuit of romance novels all the time, particularly the lustful ones and racist, ra- uh, <laughs> the, 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 uh, the sexy ones, you are setting yourself up for the destruction and collapse of your marriage. Trust is being eaten away. You see, this issue of trust affects everything. When God wants us to trust him, what he really wants us to do is agree with his viewpoint on life. His viewpoint on the issues of life. He says, in my presence is fullness of joy. Now, why would that be? Because in God's presence, things are stable. In God's presence, things are true. In God's presence, you can trust that he isn't going to betray you. In God's presence, you can trust that he's telling you the truth and your the, the bleachers of your life are not going to collapse. But what happens if you breach that trust? What happens if you decide, for instance, to uh, 
divorce your spouse when God says, I hate divorce? What does that do? Well, it destroys your trust in the Lord. And it destroys your trust in marriage. And it destroys your children's trust in marriage and your grandchildren's trust in marriage. And the iniquities and sins of the fathers are visited on the third and fourth generation. Are you beginning to see how this works? The collapse of the bleachers affects not just those at the top, but echoes on down to those at the bottom. In fact, as I watched those bleachers collapse, the people at the top were gradually thrown against, increasingly against those as they moved toward the bottom. And that's how it works. The breach of trust begins largely at the top. With parents, with moms, with dads, with husbands, with wives, and then also with pastors and parachurch leaders and priests. And when trust is breached at those levels, the collapse begins. It doesn't necessarily happen all at once. It happens progressively. Usually over time, unless the burden put against the trust is so great as it was with the bleachers, that the whole thing collapses at once. Almost at once. God wants us to trust him absolutely. Only, there was a song we used to sing, only trust him, only trust him, only trust him now. He will save you, he will keep you, only trust him now. That's not just a matter of making some statement that you believe in Jesus. No, it's not about believing in Jesus, it's about believing Jesus. It's not about believing in God, it's about believing him. That's our problem. We don't. Not much. We'll be back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. If there was a device to measure your trust quotient, your trust quotient with the Lord, what do you think it would measure on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being maximum trust? Where do you think it would be? 
Just, just asking. Now, here's another way to do it. Based upon your children's observation of your life, where do you think they would rate your trust in the Lord? Based upon your husband or your wife's view of your life, where do you think he or she would rate you on a scale of 1 to 10 in terms of your trust in the Lord? Just asking. You see, the Bible says trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean to your own understanding. The problem is that we want increasingly to lean to our own understanding and the understanding of the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, the the president, the politician, the uh, prime minister, the pastor, the uh, promoter, all of these other P's, including the Pope. God doesn't say trust any of them. He says trust me. But when we don't trust God absolutely, we begin to develop a unholy fear, and that is the fear of man. The reason we begin to fear man when we put our trust in him is we know he's not trustworthy. God is trustworthy, but we don't want to totally trust him. We want to trust a man. We want to trust somebody like me. Now, Jesus came to demonstrate the Father, full of grace and truth, in human flesh, to be like us. And he incurred temptation, a tribulation, just like we do, yet without sin. But we don't take that at face value. No, we want somebody else just like us. This is the problem that Israel and the Jewish people are going to face hugely in the days and weeks and months to come because their messianic expectation is not for a Messiah who is deity, who is God. Their expectation is for a Messiah who's one of them, just like them. In other words, some charismatic individual that comes in on his white steed or white stallion and, uh, you know, proclaims victory to Israel and defeats the Romans, defeats the uh, uh, rising Roman Empire and all the others that are coming against Israel and brings peace on earth, goodwill toward men. That's what they're looking for. That's their expectation of Messiah. The problem with that is, that isn't what the Bible portrays. Now, they do have a foundation for that because they go back to uh, uh, the, the Torah and Moses said that there would be coming one like him, in other words, referring to the Messiah, when he said like him, so the Jewish people say, ah, he's going to be just like me. He's going to be a man. He's going to be uh, just like me. But humankind are sinners, right? We've all sinned, come short of the glory of God. We know that. We're all sinners. So if he comes just like me, then how can he be trusted? 
You don't even trust yourself because you know you're untrustworthy. Why? Because you're a sinner. Aren't you glad for the mercy and grace of God who is willing, who puts forth his effort, his favor, to lead us to do his will, to obey his voice? That's what his grace is for. His grace is not to wink at our sin. No way. Because if that were true, then he would be facilitating, God would be facilitating our spiritual and moral collapse. Just like the teachers that are trying to do equity math. Dumb everything down. Everything's wonderful, everything's cool. No, everything isn't wonderful and everything isn't cool. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need a Savior. And that's why we need and the world needs the Messiah. The people are going to be seriously betrayed. The New Agers are going to be seriously betrayed because they're looking for one like them. In other words, they have interpreted Messiah so amazingly that they believe that they're going to be their own Messiah. I am what I am. I am my own Messiah. I'm in the midst of writing a new book called Messiah, Uncovering the Mystery of the Ages. It's amazing. You're going to be, when you read this book, you're going to be utterly and totally amazed at what the world is expecting. What Christians are even expecting. You talk about deception. You talk about betrayal of trust. Now, I want you to think about this. Uh, and I just have so many things before me here. I just, I'm going to have to leave those because this is far more important. This last weekend, I have had a number of people who have contacted me with regard to two issues. One is the COVID and vaccine issue. The other has to do with the pre-tribulation rapture or the mid or pre-wrath rapture and people are terrified. People are terrified. Christians are terrified. You say, well, why would they be terrified? Well, let's suppose that you believe in a pre-trib rapture, which I was raised up believing I believed until 20 years ago, until I began to really search the scriptures and discovered that there wasn't a single passage in the scripture that supports it. A rapture, yes. A pre-trib rapture, no. So let's discuss that for just a moment, because it has eternal consequences. You will believe what you want to believe. I have had some of the most renowned so-called prophetic voices, end-time voices on this program over the past 26 years. Most of them believe in a pre-trib rapture, not all, most. 
And so I've asked them, I said, is there any place in the Scripture that clearly sets forth a pre-trib rapture? And their answer is no. That's the honest answer. There isn't. So I said, well, then why is it that you teach and preach it as if it is doctrine? In other words, that it's absolutely true and people can depend upon it. Their answer is this. I just believe it. I just believe it. So if someday you believe that the law of gravity doesn't work, it isn't real, do you think someday you'll find yourself sleeping contently on the ceiling of your bedroom just because you believe it? Or that somehow you can jump out of an airplane at 20,000 feet and because you believe you can fly, that you'll fly and you won't have to incur consequences at the bottom. No. You know that's not true. So let's talk a little bit more about this pre-trib rapture, just briefly. Let's suppose that you believe absolutely, you've been led to believe in a pre-trib rapture by your pastor, your parachurch leader, uh, who knows what else. You've been reading their books, you've been doing this, that, or the other. What happens to you if that doesn't happen? You're already going, the world is already going through tribulation. Did you know that? Jesus said, in this life you will have tribulation. So the problem isn't whether you're going to have tribulation. There have been more people martyred for their faith in the last 100 years than in all of the 2,000 years since Christ. Did you know that? Have they been raptured? No. Somehow we Americans, Western Christians, have a Pollyanna view toward life. And we've convinced ourselves that somehow we're the exception to all history and every experience of history. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Okay, so let's say that you have unalterably convinced yourself that there is going to be a pre-trib rapture that before anything further difficult happens on the planet, you're out of here. Your pastor's joked with you about it and says, you don't have to be concerned about these things. You're out of here. Well, the first thing that that has done to you is it has rendered all the warnings of Scripture that God gave lovingly to you of no meaning, moot. Because all the warnings of Scripture are to, are to believers, all of them. They're not to pagans. So you've rendered all of that meaningless. So God didn't know what he meant because I'm going to be out of here. The second thing, and this is what I want to really drive at. So let's suppose now that in the cancel culture mentality of the day, you get canceled out of life. You are going to face increasing persecution. Don't you think that when you're compelled to take the virus or the shot, that that ultimately, if you don't believe in it, is a kind of persecution? 
Well, it is, my friend. And it's a precursor to the mark of the beast. I'm not saying this shot is the mark of the beast. I don't believe that. But this is setting the stage for you to succumb to that. And you will. The majority of professing Christians will. They're being led like a lamb to the slaughter. So, if you don't escape those things, and you thought you were convinced that you were going to be out of here, now what's happened to your trust in the Lord? It's been shattered. You're in confusion. You're in chaos. Wouldn't the better thing to do be, look, I want to believe that, but I can't be convinced of that because it makes all, it cancels out all the warnings of Scripture. So I'm going to prepare. I'm going to prepare my mind. I'm going to prepare my heart. I'm going to prepare my family. I'm going to prepare my congregation. I'm going to prepare them to stand and having done all to stand in the evil day. Wouldn't that be the better way to go? And that's what we do here on this program. That's what we do in our own congregation. Preparing the way of the Lord for history's final hour. Trust, friends. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own fickle understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and his word. And then he'll direct your path. Do you have that confidence? I hope so. Don't let your bleachers collapse. Thanks for joining us here on Viewpoint today. As always, it's conversation with ever-increasing conviction. Talk that transforms. Become a partner. Send your gifts by faith, friends, to Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Go to the... Our website, saveus.org. Avail yourself of all the materials there. Make your generous contribution. And let's get on and build faith for these difficult times. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.